Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Or pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Good afternoon, everyone, from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. This is the Monday, November 18th edition of the Eagle Hour. I am Kelly Sander flying the plane solo today. Bob Getty will be returning from the nation's capital where, alas and alack, the Redskins did not win yesterday against the New York Jets. He's coming back from that game. Luke Johnson on assignment today. He'll be back tomorrow. This first segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Dickie's a big fan of this show and of Southern Miss Athletics. With Thanksgiving coming up, let them uh, lighten your burden somewhat by uh, ordering, pre-ordering smoked turkeys, hams, side dishes, anything that uh, Dickie's can take care of for you. Or the big tailgate party coming up this Saturday when the Eagles take on Western Kentucky when they Hilltoppers come to town. Dickie's Barbecue near Turtle Creek Mall in the Hattiesburg area and served everywhere. Glad to have Dickie's with us. On the program today, we're going to be joined here shortly by the 17-year voice of the Iowa State University Cyclones, John Walters, who will be calling the basketball game tomorrow night. The Golden Eagles in Ames, actually on their way to Ames. They're probably at the O'Hare Airport in Chicago waiting for their flight to Des Moines a little bit later on today. John will be joining us and also not only talking basketball, but about this, these weird, these weird things that Iowa state and Southern Miss have in common. All these people who have been back and forth between Iowa state and Southern Miss in a, in the sports field. It's amazing. John Walters will be joining us. And then of course, Lee Roberts, the color analyst on the golden Eagle football network will be joining us to recap the big win at Texas San Antonio on Saturday. The Eagles solid, now bowl eligible and with a little bit of help this Saturday could contend for Conference USA's Western Division. Lots to talk about on this Monday. Glad that you're with us and going right to our Super Talk Mississippi hotline from Ames is the 17-year voice of the Iowa State University Cyclones, John Walters, who got to call an exciting win Saturday when the Cyclones uh, did a walk-off, if you will, in football, a kickoff, as it were, as they defeated uh, the University of Texas Longhorns, making that the final check on Matt Campbell's list of Big 12 teams that he has defeated. John, we welcome you. Glad to have you on the Eagle Hour. Yeah, thanks for having me, Kelly. Appreciate it. Hey, the Golden Eagles come in there to take on um, Coach Prom Cyclones uh, tomorrow night. Tell us what you've seen from, from Iowa State's basketball team so far this year compared to what you have expected to see this early on. Yeah, it, early is the key word because it really is so early. It, it's still a work in progress. You know, Iowa State had a, an NCAA tournament team last year but lost its three top scorers to graduation and then its point guard as well. So there were a lot of guys to replace this season. Um, and, and, you know, those those three top guys are all on NBA contracts, whether they're in the G League or they're in the NBA itself. Uh, you know, Mariel Shayok, Taylor Horton, Tucker, and Lindell Wigginton. And so... Um, those were big losses. Uh, Nick Weiler-Bapp, the point guard, playing overseas. So, um, you know, Iowa State is still trying to kind of figure itself out. But um, it's it's a fun team to watch. They they get up and down the floor, and they play an exciting brand of basketball. Tyrese Halliburton's a really good player, um, leading the nation in assists. 
at better than 10 a game. And he, he's very exciting to watch. He's about a six-five point guard, but he really plays off the ball as much as anything because uh, they don't necessarily have him bring it down the floor every time. But he's still still up there nationally in assists. And um, so it, it's a fun team to watch. Um, they they do like to score. They like to get up and down. But really, this team this year needs to probably win games early anyway with its defense. I, I think that. Past teams have been able to rely a little bit more on the offense with those guys I just mentioned. Uh, but with this year's team's uh, team, they need to really rely on their defense here, particularly early in the season to win some games, and then hopefully the offense can catch up over time. So should be a fun game tomorrow night. Looking forward to uh, calling it. And Southern Miss Eagles going in there tomorrow night to take on uh, the Cyclones and experience Hilton Magic for the first time in a while, certainly with this group. But you also see a very young Southern Miss team, John, when talking with uh, Coach Palms. What does he expect to see out of, uh, out of our guys tomorrow night? Yeah, he's, he's you know, when I talked to him about the game, it was several days ago. It was, they were just uh, – they hadn't really gotten into their game prep mode yet, but he did mention that he knows the coach very well and has a decent relationship with him. And, uh, and so the, the, those two have crossed paths over the course of the years. And uh, so, you know, it, it's an important game for Iowa state from this perspective. You, you have, uh, you know, one more game before you go to the Bahamas. Uh, Iowa state will go out there next week uh, to play in a Thanksgiving tournament, the battle for Atlantis, where they'll open against Michigan, and they also—it's—it's it's a tremendous field. Uh, I think North Carolina, Seton Hall, Gonzaga. There's a bunch of really good schools playing in that tournament. So, um, you know, this is the last chance for Iowa State to kind of get ready for that and play at home uh, before they head out there. So, it's—it's um, it's a really important game, and it's a strange stretch of the season for Iowa State because uh, they played last Tuesday, and then they play again tomorrow, and then they have about another you know, nine-day break there before they play in Atlanta. So it's it's kind of like the one game in about a 16-day period. So um, it certainly has gotten gotten their attention that they want to play well in this one opportunity they get. Man, looking at the Cyclones uh, over the past three or four years, looking at this year's schedule before we flip the calendar over to 2020, it doesn't really look like there's any low-hanging fruit on that schedule. I mean, you mentioned the, the big dogs that are going to be playing in Atlantis, but, but some great teams before. And then you get right into Big 12 play right after, what, January 3rd, I think you guys start Big 12 play. Yeah, and then, you know, Iowa State's going to head down to Auburn to play, uh, you know, in the SEC uh, Big 12 Challenge uh, in January. They also you know, are going to host Seton Hall in the Big East uh, Big 12 Challenge. Uh, Seton Hall playing very, very well. Took Michigan State to the wire the other day and picked to win the Big East. So, yeah, there's some uh, good competition. Still going to host Iowa. Um, yeah, it, it's a it's a good schedule. It's a good competitive schedule for the Cyclones. And um, looking forward to seeing how they can kind of measure up. Because I think, you know, this year, Iowa State's expected to probably be right around the bubble. Um, you know, maybe right now their projectors probably fall just outside the bubble teams. But I think internally... They feel like they can be an NCAA tournament team, but they're going to have to play very well to get there. You know, when you when you look at this Iowa State team, the the disappointment from some of the Cyclone Nation, if you will, the past two or three years, as good as the Cyclones looked when they played Ole Miss down here in the, in the Magnolia State last year, and then to bomb out in the first round of the tournament, the Cyclones just seem to seem to have that first round uh, curse going with them in, in the big dance. Yeah, it's it's been all or nothing. You know, they've been to a couple Sweet Sixteens under Coach Prome. He's done a really good job taking over for Fred Hoiberg, um, but but they've also had a couple of first round exits. And 
Um, last year, Ohio State, uh, I think most people expected Iowa State to win that game, but Ohio State turned it kind of into a, a physical, ugly game, kind of got it to their style of play, and now we're seeing how good Ohio State is this year. They're exceptional. So um, I don't know if it was a huge upset, but it certainly wasn't a great way to bow out. And uh, but, but Iowa State, you know, they have had a couple big 12 tournament championships under Coach Brome and a couple of Sweet 16s. So they've They've done some very good things in a short time here. He's just in his fifth year, and and he's already accumulated, I think it's 84 wins. So uh, he's done a very nice job with the Iowa State program. John Walters is with us. He is the radio voice of the Iowa State University Cyclones. The Golden Eagles will play Iowa State tomorrow night up at Hilton Coliseum in Ames. And while we've got John on the phone, he's been been in that capacity some 17 years. But prior to John being there, his uh, predecessor, was a longtime sportscaster at the CBS affiliate in Des Moines, Pete Taylor, who was there for 33 years. And that's just one of the many strange kind of coincidences and ties between Southern Miss and Iowa State. Because Pete Taylor was, as we mentioned, John Walter's predecessor. And, of course, you noted, John, that that's the name of Southern Miss's baseball park. And when, when, <laughs> when were you first made aware of that? Uh, Larry Eustace told me that. Yeah, <laughs> Larry Eustace told me that. I, I was I didn't I hadn't known that. And uh, and the, the I know it's a different Pete Taylor, no relation. But the the funny thing is, the Pete Taylor that you're asking about, the the broadcaster, uh, played college baseball at, at the University of Iowa and was was a good baseball player. And so uh, before he became the uh, the voice of the Cyclones, and he did it for 33 years, and unfortunately. Uh, passed away um, all too young, uh, and it was a tremendous loss for for Iowa State, uh, the community, and the fan base. It was very difficult when he died suddenly uh, in 2003, and that's when I ended up taking it over from Pete, and um, I actually got into the business because of him. Uh, that's how I got started, and uh, just a tremendous guy, and uh, yeah, one of one of you're right. One of many connections between Southern Miss and, and Iowa State. The, the list goes on for a while. It's it's uh, it's it's pretty cool. All the all the connections. And again, the basketball game tomorrow night, the Eagles and uh, Cyclones. You can um, hear our call here on the Southern Miss network, but also with internet and all those other things, you can you can watch it, you can hear it, whatever. But uh, it'll be a big road game for Southern Miss. On the other side of the break, as we continue our discussion with John Walters, the voice of the Iowa State Cyclones, we're going to talk about these weird connections. We mentioned one with Pete Taylor. But there are so many more. Some you might have realized, some you may not realize. But part of our job is not only to entertain, but to inform this connection between Southern Miss and Iowa State. Continues when the Eagle Hour continues after these commercial messages. Southern Miss to the top. This segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street right across from the campus at Southern Miss. The big, bright yellow building, you cannot miss it. And even as poor as my eyesight has gotten, I can't even miss Campus Bookmart. Open 24-7 online at campusbookmart.com. 
southernmissswag.net. And, of course, they have all the long-sleeved Southern Miss swag in just in time for our colder temperatures, you know, for those uh, four weeks out of the winter months that we have colder temperatures here. <laughs> we don't get to our long-sleeve stuff very much down here. So uh, take advantage of that and get to the head of the line. Uh, for Christmas by getting your Southern Miss apparel, winter apparel now at Campus Bookmart or CampusBookmart.net. Continuing our discussion with John Walters, the voice of the Iowa State Cyclones, the Golden Eagles play basketball at Hilton Coliseum tomorrow night. And uh, talking with John about the strange connections and the many connections that Iowa State University has with Southern Miss. For example, James Green, former basketball coach at Southern Miss, came to Southern Miss after he was an assistant at Iowa State. Larry Eustachie was the head basketball coach at Southern Miss, came here after he was a head coach at Iowa State. Tim Floyd, who was a Hattiesburg native, coached the Iowa State University Cyclones. Doc Sadler, who used to coach at Southern Miss, who's now at Nebraska, came from Iowa State after being an assistant for Fred Hoiberg. Stevie Johnson, who's from Perry County, played basketball at Iowa State. Matthew Eaton, who played football at Pearl River Community College, played on this Iowa State team that Matt Campbell has got rolling now. There's more. (laughs) Jeff Johnson, the Alumni Association Director at Iowa State, is a Southern Miss grad and went to Iowa State from Hattiesburg and Courtney Messingham, who used to be on the offensive football staff at Southern Miss, was at Iowa State. Have I missed anybody, John Walters? <laughs> I can't imagine. I, you, not, not many, but uh, Jake Stoffers and uh, Tyler Shaw, a couple of uh, uh, managers under Fred Hoiberg, when he was the coach here, they went with Doc Sadler down there, so they were part of that staff on uh, at Southern Miss the last few years, and. Uh, yeah, it's just incredible. I mean, we start rattling off all those names, and those are some big names at Iowa State. You know, I mean, Tim Floyd, Hattiesburg uh, native, of course, his dad, coach, uh, right? And and uh, you know, Tim talked very fondly about his time there, and and of course, he was the head coach when James Green was the assistant here at Iowa State before he he got the Southern Miss job. Uh, so it was, I'm sure, with a strong recommendation from Tim that James Green was hired. Um, and then he, James actually brought his team, you know, back up here and played. Um, and then, you, you, boy, you keep going. Doc Sadler and, <laughs> uh, you know, Larry Eustace, obviously had a great run of success at Iowa State. He had the back-to-back Big 12 uh, regular season championships, the only two regular season championships in Iowa State basketball history, um, you know, before going on and having some success at Southern Miss and then at Colorado State. And so it's uh, – <laughs> It's an amazing uh, tree. Uh, Courtney Messingham is currently the, you know, the offensive coordinator at Kansas State, doing a real nice job, uh, and Chris Kleiman's staff there. Um, but he was the offensive coordinator here under Paul Rhodes, and so fond memories of him. I even did a feature on Matthew Eaton uh, because he invented a, uh, uh, a basically a container to put your cell phone in. Uh, while you're in the uh, stall in the bathroom, <laughs> and believe it or not, and, and I got it patented and all this stuff, and then just did a feature on his creativity to come up with something like that, and uh, and then you know he got an opportunity with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, after leaving Iowa State after graduating. So uh, yeah, there's there's and Stevie Johnson is absolutely one of our all-time favorite Iowa State basketball players. Uh, Stevie had a great great career at Iowa State. Uh, was part of those Big 12 championship teams that I just talked about and had the unique 
distinction of playing basketball and football at Iowa State. He, when he got done with his basketball career, uh, he, he still was hanging around getting his degree, and they asked him, Dan McCartney asked him to come out for the football team. And he not only was on the football team, he started uh, at linebacker for the football team on Iowa State's winningest team they've ever had, their nine-win season in 2000. And so uh, Stevie had a great career on the basketball floor, but also had a year as a, a terrific football player for Iowa State. So lots of guys there that you mentioned uh, really bring back some great memories for me because uh, very fond memories of all those guys uh, during their time here. I was talking to Matthew Eaton when he was at Pearl River Community College in Poplarville here and uh, talking to him mm-hmm. about my fond memories hanging around Friley Hall and Helzer Hall and went on and on and on about the stories. And he looked right at me after, after a long-winded um, ordeal and he just looked at me and he said, well, Mr. Kelly, I've already decided that I'm going to Iowa State. You can stop now. <laughs> you can slow down. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Like it was, like it was a, a sales pitch of some kind. Yeah. But it really is amazing. Of course, uh, uh, before we let you go, and this is a Southern Miss show, but, but it's certainly topical. It seems like every NFL coaching job that comes open now or, you know, the Florida State job, Matt Campbell's name seems to be on everybody's list. How confident would you describe, John, that, that – um, that Jamie Pollard, your AD, and them are going to be able to keep Matt in the Cyclone fold? Well, it, it, you know, it's a question that, that they're not going to address much. Uh, I, but at the same time, they do get asked about it. Um, and, it's, and, and it's a question that's come up every single year that he's been at Iowa State because he's had a ton of success here. And every year there's, you know, his name will start circulating with rumors and and he basically just shoots it down and just says, hey, look, I'm not talking about any other jobs. I'm not thinking about any other jobs. And he doesn't. I mean, Matt's a very uh, genuine guy, and he is very focused on just the job that he's doing right here. He doesn't get caught up a lot in all that stuff. I'm not saying he'll never leave here, um, but I, I do know that he really enjoys it here. And, um, and so th- those things are going to happen every single year, um, and that's part of the price of – having success, you're, you're good with that. You'd much rather have uh, a coach being talked about and mentioned for other jobs than have a coach that nobody wants. And so uh, Jamie Pollard's done a great job supporting him, giving him facilities and, and doing some great things to try to keep him here. And he's building something special here. And, and I think Matt has a real appreciation for the Gary Pattersons and Bill Snyders of the world who built something special in the Big 12 right where they were and then stayed there and made it even more special. And so I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he follows that route and, and just stays right here at Iowa State. But, but, again, you never know. John Walters is with us, the radio voice of the Iowa State Cyclones. The Golden Eagles will play basketball tomorrow night up in Ames. The Golden Eagles against the Cyclones. John, of course, Iowa State's a member of, of one of the Power Five, but a lot of other schools, you know, the mid-majors, as we used to call them, seem to be struggling with attendance. You know, numbers keep falling off, and I know that all the ADs are trying all different creative ways to get people back in the stands. Is, is there anything that you can put your finger on as to, as to why the popularity of football, to some degree, particularly at the, the smaller schools, might be waning? I think the biggest thing that's hurt college football attendance, and you know, I think even some NFL teams have dealt with it, is just how great TV is now, and how convenient it is and then how simple it is to just stay in your living room and not pay for parking or worry about being in traffic and all that stuff it's pretty doggone convenient to enjoy a game right in your living room there's so many games on tv but to me nothing compares to the actual experience of being in the stadium and being a part of that crowd and 
I hope that never goes away because it, it is special to come out and make it a, a, a you know family event, an entire game game day. Uh, that's what I love about college football is the entire game day atmosphere that surrounds the game, uh, making it a full day deal and, and getting your family involved in it. And I just hope that never goes away. I think that's what's special about college football. Do you think we'll ever totally totally get away from the good old-fashioned radio play-by-play like you and Eric have provided? I don't think so. And, and, and although probably fewer and fewer people listen to their, you know, digest games that way compared to what they did 30 years ago uh, when hardly any games were on TV. Um, there's still a niche for it, and people still enjoy hearing their hometown call. And the other part of it, too, is, you know, if you look out on the highways during the game, there's a lot of people out driving around doing their thing, and they're still trying to listen to the game here in Iowa. We have people harvesting their, their uh, crops during that time of year, and so they are out there in their tractors listening to the games, and we hear from them all the time. So I don't think it will ever completely go away. Um, the, the role is certainly not quite as big as it was, uh, certainly in its heyday, probably 30, 40 years ago. But it's, it's still a pretty big niche in, uh, in the football uh, society, if you will. And if you've ever listened to John Walter's broadcast, you know that, that Iowa doesn't grow corn. Corn grows Iowa, right? That's exactly right. <laughs> the Iowa Corn Growers Association will be thrilled to hear you say that. Sure, sure. Free plug for the for the corn growers. Very quickly, John, before we let you go, and I asked Eli Gold this, the radio voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide earlier this year when the Eagles played Alabama. Is there a play-by-play guy that you listen to or see that you that you think really does a good job? And if so, who and why? Well, currently, uh, yeah, there's a bunch of them that I think are really great. I mean, uh, my my idol growing up was a guy named Jim Durham, uh, who did the Chicago Bulls and ended up at TBS. And, you know, and he did the NBA on radio with Dr. Jack Ramsey. He did the finals many, many years. But I grew up in Chicago, and he was doing the Chicago Bulls games, and I just loved listening to him. And then, of course, Pete Taylor, who we mentioned earlier, just you couldn't be around Pete and not gather a bunch of uh, really great thoughts about uh, play-by-play. In the current field, there's there's so many of them that are good. I have a tremendous respect for uh, Dan Shulman and, and Mike Tirico and uh, you know, I, I, I tend to think more of the TV guys than sure. the radio at this point. But, you know, I think Kevin Harlan's very good. That's exactly uh, who a e- bunch of them. Yeah, that's who Eli Gold said that he liked was Kevin Harlan. And as you mentioned, you're from Chicago and now an Iowa State grad is the voice of the Chicago Bears, Jeff Joniak. Jeff Joniak. Yeah. And he's exceptional, too. He's hey. exceptional. I, I, I love listening to Jeff. And I'm a Bears fan. So sure. I, 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 I love listening to him call games. Scott, good to talk to you, man. Scott, listen to me. Uh, John, thanks so much my for... my middle name. Yeah, okay, well, perfect, perfect. John Walters, thanks, buddy. We'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me, Kelly. Appreciate it. You bet. John Walters, the voice of the Iowa State Cyclones, back with more in a moment. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. In the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, Kelly Sander, along with John Dalton, Stanford Senior Esquire, the producer of this program on this Monday. Glad that you're with us. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson scheduled to return uh, later on this week. 
On this segment of the Eagle Hour, we're going to be talking with Lee Roberts, the color analyst on the Southern Miss Radio Network in just a second here, recapping the big win over UTSA and uh, taking a little bit of a look ahead of the Western Kentucky game coming up this weekend. Meanwhile, this segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by 4th Street Bar and Grill, where we will be pre-gaming this coming Friday. Come out and join us over the lunch hour from 12 to 1, and then we're going to do the show live there 1 to 2 this coming Friday, getting ready for the Hilltoppers to come to town. 4th Street Bar and Grill, home of the eight ninety five lunch plate special. That includes your soft drink and an awesome menu. I was actually out there on Saturday. Couldn't get, couldn't find a pool table open. Oh, pool, yeah? yeah, it was really busy. Everybody having a good time playing pool. And uh, all different types of people, young people, oh. old people, skinny people, fat people, you know, all different colored people. It's a great place to... Brandon's over there like, I fit right into that. To, to hang out, you know, at uh, 4th Street Bar and Grill, sponsors of uh, this program. Lee Roberts joins us now. Lee, the Golden Eagles not only won, they covered. So people who like to do all that kind of stuff were happy. Big win for Southern Miss. The Eagles are rolling, man. What do you think? No, I think uh, definitely a, a big win. And uh, you know, anytime you can go get a road win, it's a, it's a huge plus. We did a lot of great things, you know, obviously in the game. But the biggest thing is coming away with a win against a team that, again, their record doesn't show how much better they are, how much improved they are. Coach Frank Wilson is doing a pretty good job over there in San Antonio. Had brought in some, you know, transfers and really upped his program, but I feel like getting out there getting out of there with a win was um, was huge. You know, if you look at just the game itself, I mean a lot of a lot of similarities as far as statistics go. Um, you know, but the the biggest thing that kind of sticks out with me was that sloppy third quarter. Uh, five turnovers there in about a five five minute span or so, and yeah, it was almost like nobody uh, wanted to win the game, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody just kept turning the ball right back over, and again, a few penalties happened as well. So, you know, the first five, six, seven, eight minutes really, really sloppy. But I was impressed that Southern Miss could overcome that and uh, put some points on the board, get a twelve point lead, and then late in the game, um, you know, Kevin Perkins able to run it in for a, a big score to kind of stretch the lead to nineteen, and that's where it went in. So, felt like that was. A great closing remarks for a running back that's really improved as well, Kevin Perkins. And I try not to see things with with my heart, but rather with my eyes. But is it just me, or is and I know you know Fine gets all the publicity out of North Texas, but Jack Abraham to me on a on a national scale, conference USA wise, I just don't think he's getting the credit he deserves. I think he's pretty doggone good. Well, Jack has done everything that he needs to to get noticed. Obviously, last year finished, you know. Maybe the top quarterback as far as efficiency rating goes. I mean, a guy's throwing for a lot of yards. He's throwing touchdowns. He, you know, really doesn't turn the ball over a huge, huge bit. I know Saturday he did have an interception thrown, but he he is a competitor. He is a winner, and his team rallies around him, and he just does all the things right. He you know, he moves around in the pocket. He avoids the rush, and in everything you could want in a quarterback, he is. Except he's not six five and two thirty. You know, unfortunately, you know six one and maybe. 205 stretching it, but, you know, not taking anything away from what he does on the field. I mean, yeah, Mason Fine does get credit. Other guys in the conference get credit, but Jack Abraham, he, he's the real deal, and I'm definitely glad he's on our team for sure. A lot of Southern Miss fans were kind of worried as to where, where the running game was at this point. You know, only two out of the three guys, I think, saw action uh, last weekend. Where, how would you describe that, Lee, when people ask you that? What's the state of the Southern Miss running game, in your opinion, this, this deep into the season? You know, when we started the season, I felt like we were really deep at the running back position. Obviously, there were some young guys. Um, and then, obviously, with Travinsky Mosley getting hurt first game of the year. Um, you know, it's just kind of been one of those things now. We've kind of 
relying now on DeMichael Harris. We're relying on Kevin Perkins and then uh, Steven Anderson. But really the bulk of the business coming from, you know, DeMichael and uh, Kevin Perkins. And both of those guys, different backs, but explosive backs. And, you know, for the first time, I think this year, we rushed for over 200 yards. So a huge day rushing, you know, for the Golden Eagles, which I was I was proud of. But a couple, couple big plays, a big run by Michael Harrison. Again, like I said, Steve, uh, Kevin Perkins finished the game. Uh, there with the uh, explosive play to score as well. So the running game is coming along, and, and I'm going to go ahead and say this out there as well, man. I thought the offensive line is, is playing much better too. Agreed, you know, against yeah. A, against a really good um, defensive front, only gave up one sack, and on the flip side, you know, we sacked their quarterback five times. So, you know, there were some, some tackles in the, um, in the backfield that, yeah, we can eliminate, but good teams are going to make plays, but – you know, hats off to our running, um, our offensive line for really opening up the running game and, and protecting Jack Abraham as well. Yeah, you can't run for over 200 yards without the, the guys up front, you know, doing a pretty good job. And look, I don't I don't always get things rightly. I mean, I'm a Detroit Tiger fan. They were the worst in the league. I'm a Cincinnati Bengal fan. They're the worst in the league. I voted <laughs> for Ross Perot for president, not once, but twice. <laughs> okay. But one, one thing hey, stop I... Stop there. Stop there. Kevin. Okay. Yeah, I could go on. <laughs> But one thing that I'm proud to say that I said on this very show before the season started, it was my opinion that a healthy Quez Watkins is a game changer, and it looks like on that one I was right. No, Quez Watkins, I mean, he is now. I mean, what he can do as a wideout, being able to get open, get separation, is, is vertical to go get a football, and, and just to, to be the guy deep as well. And then to catch the ball underneath and to show his, his separation speed, he finished with you know, seven catches, which wasn't the most on the team. Tim Jones actually caught one more pass, but 137 yards receiving. I mean, Quez Watkins, Tim Jones, both those guys are becoming those go-to receivers. Obviously, Jalen Adams uh, did not get a chance to play, but uh, guys definitely stepped up. But Quez Watkins, he's, he's fun to watch, and as a quarterback, you just got to throw it and let him go get it, and that's what Jack Abraham's uh able to do you know seven wins so far on the season this year and i keep reminding eagle fans most of these guys are back again next year so there's not any reason to think you know barring they stay healthy which is in football is a big piece of the puzzle uh things are certainly looking good for southern miss all right the hilltoppers come in here this weekend now lee we're going to go over the massey ratings in the in the final uh segment of the eagle hour today they're right behind southern miss in the in the massey ratings the toppers playing pretty good football what uh, what sort of problems could they present Southern Miss? Although the Eagles are pretty tough at home this year, Hilltoppers playing well. Tell us about them coming in. Well, you know, Western Kentucky kind of started the year, I think, slower than most people would have anticipated. But, you know, in the back middle part and back half of the season, they're, they're playing really good. Both them and Fort Atlantic are next two teams, you know, on the schedule. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, I think you alluded to it, you know, earlier in, in one of the previous programs that, you know, we're playing two of the top teams in the East, and um, it's just kind of the way the way it falls. I mean, definitely Western Kentucky is a team that is is fighting and uh, doing doing great things. I just think what we need to do as Golden Eagles is is go take care of business. If we can run the football and protect the football, I think our defense is going to show up. And I think like each week, you know, we want to eliminate explosive plays and on the offense side of the ball, really make some things happen. And and that's what we've been able to do. I mean. Yeah, North Texas um, game we played really well last week. We played really well, and that's just I think we're we're catching a stream here late in the, late in the season. Knowing we only have two games left, I think it's uh, a lot of positives for the Eagles. And not to mention we're home, and as you mentioned, 
we're a pretty good home team in the conference as well. Correction, Lee Roberts. You got to correct me last time on the air, which I was wrong, and you, you set me straight. I don't remember what it was about. But the Eagles have three games left, buddy. No, regular season. Okay, I okay. I didn't, I didn't clarify. <laughs> okay. I didn't clarify. I'd love to say we have four games left, but yeah, put the cart before the horse. We've got to play well, and things got to happen, you know, and uh, other teams inside the conference as well. But well, look, and, two, and, two two games on the schedule, a bowl game yet to be determined, and uh, who knows what can happen. Uh, in the conference uh, championship game. But, but so. you know, with some of the stuff going on at La Tech and some of those players being suspended, they're going up playing UAB. That, that is a game that UAB can win. I mean, the Blazers you are know, only three-point underdogs at home, so that's, you know, yeah, the home, field always, home team always gets three points by the odds makers, so they're pretty much saying this is a toss-up game. And Southern Miss fans, never have you wanted to be a UAB fan more than this coming weekend. Now, this weekend, definitely. Last weekend, we were Marshall fans. This weekend, we're going to be UAB fans, and, um, you know, obviously you know, we want to see UAB go play well and try to take care of business. But, again, it, it all takes place at the Rock on Saturday as well. So we got to take care of business. Somebody else has got to help us out. Um, but it's, it, you're right. With Jamar Smith out of the game and, um, you know, they're, I think their backup quarterback went down last week as well. So LaTeX is going to be playing with the third-team guy. UAB is, again, a team that has some explosiveness out wide, I think, I think we played really well against them. We we shut them down a lot, and uh, but they've got a chance, I think, to have their starting quarterback back as well. So, who who knows what's going to happen in Conference USA? It's uh, it's going to be exciting coming down the stretch. Well, I'll tell you what's going to happen Saturday. The Eagles are going to put it on Western Kentucky, and in honor of the seven wins this year, the ticket office is offering for a limited time. I think maybe for like another twelve to twenty four hours, seven dollar tickets in the upper deck. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I saw since we had scored 36 points, it was a 36-hour promo. So I'm not sure when that officially started. But, yeah, great thing that uh, you know our marketing department is doing and trying to get tickets sold, people in the stands. And I think, I think that's important. This is a team that is, is playing well. We've, we play really well at home. We'd love to see that black and gold faithful show up and support these Eagles. And let's beat the dog out of Western Kentucky this coming uh, Saturday. Lee Roberts, as always, great to hear your call, and we will talk to you again soon. Hi, Kelly. Appreciate you, man. Golden e- to you as well. Thank you, brother. Golden Eagle, great quarterback Lee Roberts now on the Southern Miss Radio Network. When we come back, we will look at bowl projections and also the latest Massey ratings, which were released today. Where does Southern Miss land in the field of 13 of Conference USA teams? More of the Eagle Hour in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by Gulfport Home Center, the Gulf Coast, and the state of Mississippi's high-volume pre-manufactured home residence. That's the place to go. Your home to buy a home, I, I guess. I was about to say, you're getting to work on that segue there. Gulfport Kelly. Home Center. And uh, you can check them out online. They're on Highway 49 North. Uh, on your way, well, it'd be still be Highway 49 North, but as you're going south, you're not going to get all the way to Gulfport. It's just somewhere on Highway 49, you know, depending on which way you're going. You yeah, no need to be so specific, Dalton. Somewhere on Highway 49. <laughs> 
The Gulfport Home Center. All right, let's take a look at, uh, and we want to thank them for their support. Bowl projections out this morning, and what's, what's really interesting to me about the bowl projections is that the Southern Miss Appalachian State lineup that everybody's been talking about hasn't changed. Mm-mm. There have been other schools that have been changed. They may be going here. They may be going there. But the Appalachian State from the Sun Belt Conference, who Southern Miss didn't get to play last year because of the hurricane, you remember, uh, everybody seems to think that that is going to happen. Appalachian State against Southern Miss. That's de- that would be December 21st in New Orleans. Of course, Southern Miss fans always like going to New Orleans. According to CBS Sports, other teams in the conference, Louisiana Tech supposedly going to Tampa. UAB is going to Albuquerque, which is where Bug, Bu- Bugs Bunny always takes the wrong turn. It's always in Albuquerque, remember? <laughs> Must have taken a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Marshall headed to Dallas, according to CBS Sports. Western Kentucky will be going to Bahamas. Which, that can be a plus and a minus. I mean, Southern Miss kind of did that, that overseas thing a couple of years ago. It didn't work out too well for them. North Texas is scheduled to go to Dallas, but that's just right down the road. So that wouldn't, um, that wouldn't be any big thing for them. But again, anything can happen here in the next two or three weeks, depending on how teams finish, whether they're bowl eligible. Teams can be replaced. But anyway, that's the way it looks this morning. But if, uh, if, if CBS is right, and, and all the other prognosticators have been saying the same thing, that it looks like Appalachian State and Southern Miss will play in the New Orleans Bowl, which kind of scares me because always at the last minute there will be a change. But we'll see. It's always fun just kind of for entertainment purposes. Let's look at this week's games in football. Western Kentucky, of course, at Southern Miss. The Eagles are a six-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Marshall travels to Charlotte. Charlotte is at home but is getting 10 points. Marshall coming off that big win over La Tech last weekend is on a roll right now. The Thundering Herd traveling to Charlotte. But, again, Charlotte getting 10 at home. Break up the Rice Owls. They are proud winners or owners of one win. They got a win on Saturday. Good for the Owls. They're at home against North Texas this Saturday. But even though they're at home, they're getting three points. Middle Tennessee is at home against Old Dominion. Middle Tennessee is a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. UTEP goes outside the conference playing New Mexico State, and New Mexico State has only won a couple of games and is still a 13-and-a-half-point pick over UTEP, the poor miners. <laughs> Florida Atlantic travels to San Antonio to take on the Roadrunners. UTSA at home against Florida Atlantic, but getting 22-and-a-half points. Florida Atlantic leading the Eastern Division of Conference USA. Miami of Florida goes to Florida International. Florida International, even though at home, getting 21.5 against the Hurricane. And the big win, of course, that we just talked about with uh, John Walters and with uh, Lee Roberts, Louisiana Tech travels to UAB. UAB is getting 2.5 points at home. So, again, that's, that's kind of a pick game. Let's hope that the Blazers can pull off that win, only because then that will make it a little bit easier for Southern Miss to win con- – the Conference USA Western Division, but of course the Eagles have got to take care of business with Western Kentucky and Florida Atlantic, which won't be easy. Latest Massey ratings are out today. There are 130 teams playing Division I football, and the top team in the conference, according to the Massey ratings released today, is Florida Atlantic. They check in 63rd out of 130 teams, so almost right smack there in the middle. They're down four spots, actually, from last week. Marshall moves up 11 spots. After beating La Tech last week, Marshall up 11 spots to 68th, just ahead 
of our Eagles. The Eagles 71st, according to the latest Massey ratings, up four spots after the win on the road at San Antonio. La Tech, as you might have guessed, was the one where the bottom fell out this week after being beaten at Marshall. Louisiana Tech drops to 82nd. That is a 15-spot difference from where they were last week. Dropped 15. Western Kentucky is up one at 91. So you got Southern Miss at 71, Western Kentucky at 91. UAB, even though UAB is 7-3, and three, they're only 103rd in the country, according to the Massey ratings. That's up two spots. No changes for North Texas at 113. No change for Charlotte at 114. No change for Florida International at 115. And Middle Tennessee is at 116. You got four Conference USA teams right there side by side. Middle Tennessee dropped eight spots to 116. And then rounding out the conference, Rice up five spots with the big win. They're at 120. UTSA is at 121. Old Dominion is at 127. And UTEP is 128. And remember, there's 130 teams playing Division I football. So not much love in the Massey ratings for Rice, UTSA, Old Dominion, or UTEP. And if the Eagles are playing them, we don't have any love for them either. But it's Western Kentucky against uh, Southern Miss coming up this Saturday. We hope that you will make plans to attend. A part of the crew, I'm not sure how much of the crew, will be back uh, tomorrow, but... I'll be here for sure because I have no life <laughs> and, and I'm glad to be here. But we hope you enjoyed uh, this installment of the Eagle Hour on behalf of all of our sponsors, our producer engineer, John Dalton, Stanford Senior Esquire. Don't run out of air there, Kelly. Well, it's part of your contract. <laughs> Thank you for letting us be ourselves on the radio. We'll see you back here tomorrow at about one o'clock or so for another installment of the Eagle Hour. Until then, and as always, Southern Miss to the top. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free A Super Talk Mississippi media production.